Welcome to the Postpartum Plan Podcast. I'm your host, Madison Fugere. I'm a certified postpartum doula and pediatric sleep consultant, the owner of Serene Moments, LLC, and a prior nanny and daycare manager. In this podcast, I'm going to talk about everything and anything that comes along with the postpartum period. I want to be your postpartum bestie by offering support, reassurance, and tips and tricks. Many people curate the perfect birth plan, but why not a postpartum plan? Together, we're going to build your postpartum plan because everyone deserves to have the postpartum experience that they want. Natalie is the owner and leading sleep expert at Sleepy on Hudson. Alongside obtaining a certification in pediatric sleep training, she also has education focused in early childhood education and is a certified postpartum doula. Her career as a sleep consultant began after seeing so many families struggling with sleep. Her favorite part of this service is being able to bring the joy and much-needed rest back into so many homes. That, to her, is magic. She prides herself in being a calm, supportive, and compassionate Thank you, Natalie, for being with me today. I'm excited to chat uh, and do another episode here on sleep because I feel like so many episodes I've done on sleep, but yet there's still so much to talk about. So um, thank you for joining me in tackling the four-month sleep progression. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So before we kind of dive into, you know, format sleep regression and all of that, that goes kind of along with any type of sleep regression. um, Would you like to tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Most of the sleep people I've had on are from um, CPSM, which is the same, uh, you know, class that I went through and you're not. So it's exciting because we're gonna have a little bit of a different view. Um, So yeah, you want to tell everybody a little bit about you, um, a little bit about maybe Sleepy on Hudson and you know, all that goes along with where you are in your life now in the business? Yeah, absolutely. So yes, my name is Natalie, and I've been a sleep consultant for six years. And before this, before doing all things of sleep, I was a career nanny for 10 years and then uh, leaned more towards postpartum doula support. I still practice postpartum support, but my main focus is sleep at the moment. Um, when I was doing postpartum, I noticed that sleep was always a struggle. So I was like, okay, I definitely need to focus on this. Yeah. So sleep, I then uh, became certified as a pediatric sleep consultant. I am based out of Westchester County, New York. So that's about 45 minutes north of Manhattan. And a lot of my families are in that area where it's Manhattan, Jersey, Connecticut, uh, because I do offer in-home support. And within home, I'm able to really be there hands-on and offer that support, accountability, and just really be that guidance for families um, in the moment so that they're not like going to Google and typing right. in like, what's happening? Scenario <laughs> <laughs> <Ariel> worse. <laughs> yes. Uh, I do in person. That's what that looks like. And I also offer over the phone. And that's neat because I get to offer support throughout all over. Um, And so, yeah, that's, uh, that's how we practice. And I do have two other team members part of Sleepy on Hudson. Um, One is out in Canada, which is awesome. Another one is close to me. Um, So she's able to do in person with me. Um, So yeah, that's Sleepy. And 
I would say like when it comes to sleep, my favorite thing is just being able to always promise a light at the end of the tunnel where, Right. <laughs> where yes, like, like, for example, I had overnights the past two nights and it was for twin babies. Um, they're six months and they were wake, waking every three hours to eat or even waking up before that. And the parents were just like, you know, just say like, they're pessimistic. They're pessimistic. They're like, there's no yeah. way. There's absolutely no way this is going to happen. And I'm like, believe me. They're like, you know what? We really appreciate your optimism. <laughs> yeah. I find so many people are like, you know, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And, you know, you can never promise that like, you're going to make every, everything be perfect, but you can promise that like things are going to be better for the good at the end of your time with them for sure. Yes. And that's the best feeling. And I feel like sometimes in the beginning when things are going really hard at first, I'm like, Oh, come on. <laughs> but right? then I find myself like, it's okay. It's going to get better. Yes. Yes. I love that. So, I mean, when we were kind of trying to discuss what sleep topic, cause like I said, I feel like sleep is just the never ending topic that is probably I'd say at least 75% of the questions that I get from my postpartum clients are sleep related. Yeah. Um, so we were trying to kind of figure out where to go and you brought up the format sleep regression, which I thought was like such an amazing topic because some people are like, oh, four month sleep regression means I can't sleep during my baby. Oh, four month sleep regression. I should sleep during my baby at this time. Oh, four month sleep regression is not really a thing. You know, like every baby, every person's different, but it is a developmental phase in baby's life. Um, and so it can affect things. So I'd love to kind of dive into it. Tell me like what your point of view on this sleep regression is and does it make sense to, you know, be able to do things with with little ones during their their form of sleep regression. Yes. So this form of sleep regression is real. And you know what? I have I've had families that they didn't experience it. Um, they could they just said, you know what, we're doing great over here. So um, they kept doing their thing. But then <clears throat> sometimes what happens is another regression hits. But our main focus right. today is the four month sleep regression. And with that, <clears throat> what happens there is there's a change in their sleep cycles where in the beginning, with their newborn sleep, they have two sleep two sleep cycles, and then when this four month regression happens, that's when they become their sleep matures and they become more like adult sleep, and they have four sleep cycles. Um, and what that really looks like is the first the first two sleep cycles in the beginning of their sleep are lighter, so that can be very challenging um, with the transitions of sleep, and that's when I really encourage the sleep training just so that that's really like one of the pros of sleep training at four months <clears throat> is that so they can go through these cycles on their own. Um, so with this transition, uh, with these four sleep cycles, they're more likely to wake up just because right. they don't know how to get through it on their own. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. And I feel with the four month sleep regression, it's pretty clear when it hits where, for example, you have a baby that's been sleeping long stretches and all of a sudden they're up all night long. You're like, what is happening? Right. Good. Yeah. <laughs> a common sign where they're just waking up frequently um, or there's early morning wakings. That's another sign. Uh, daytime fussiness. And short naps. Those are really clear signs that all right, we're in deep. We're in. We just hit that four month regression. 
Yeah, no, that's perfect. You jumped right into what I was going to say. Like, what does a sleep regression look like? Right. And that's so true. And it can be hard for families that are, especially that first three months, right? Like you said, they only have their two, you know, sleep cycles. They've got that light sleep and that deep REM sleep. And so some babies are really great sleepers with that. And some of them aren't, some of them are still waking up every three hours or so to feed, um, things like that might be happening. Right. And so if your baby isn't the best sleeper to start, sometimes it can be tricky to say, okay, this is just still a never ending cycle of my baby not liking to sleep at night. Um, And sometimes it's hard to tell what is a sleep regression, but that daytime fussiness and um, you can, you'll start to kind of notice the the little things that start to happen. And if you don't, because everything really is so difficult, then definitely even more so reach out to a sleep consultant. Um, A lot of, families, I mean, uh, you can tell me if you think that this happens to you too, but I find a lot of families have either really, really great sleepers. Um, and so they are like, oh, this is really great. And then they'll hit some type of sleep regression, whether it be the four month one or something down the line. And all of a sudden everything goes haywire. And they're like, I have no idea what to do because I haven't had to do any of this. They've just been great. Um, and so I get a lot of people like that, or I tend to get people who are like, well, this is how they've always slept. So I thought it was normal. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And there, and with these kind of scenarios, with these phone calls, they're like, okay, this is what we're doing. Um, you know, we're racking baby to sleep or we're feeding often. And that's when that support comes in to guide them, to let them know, okay, you know, we just need to tweak a few things and we'll get right back on track to help get sleep in order again. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's great. Now, again, we're obviously talking about the four month sleep regression here, but I think a lot of this could be applied to many regressions um, in the first year or year and a half. Um, Obviously, babies and kiddos become more uh, mentally mature, more the the cognitive thing clicks, right? Um, So there's obviously going to be some things that you may not be able to apply. But when we're talking about these four month olds, what are things that you find tend to help them connect to these sleep cycles? I have a lot of people who will say, you know, my baby sleeps really great at night, but every time I put them down for a nap, they wake up after 20 or 30 minutes and I have to pick them up because they're screaming. And then sometimes they'll go back to sleep or some of them will say, you know, baby falls asleep in my arms. And the second I try to lay them down, they wake right up. Right. So what kind of suggestions do you have for people that are experiencing that, which I find often happens during that kind of four month ish period? Yeah. So that's really where I'll piece. I feel like sleep, we really piece the puzzle together where you have to think about different factors, think about feeding, think about the wake window, about what the environment is set up like. So a very important thing is that environment. So making sure that we have a dark room, that sound machine on, um, into a sleep sack if you're using one, and making sure that it's comfortable in there. So somewhere between 68 to 72 degrees. And having a routine before um, nap time and before bedtime, just so that they know, okay, this is what to expect. Their brain knows, all right, sleep is coming. So it's yes. not a complete shock for them. Babies right. thrive. So that's really an important part there. But I would say the most important is making sure we're getting baby into the crib awake um, so that they are aware of their surroundings. Just because, especially at four months and on, they're way more alert and they know where they are and what's going on. So for example, if you're putting your baby down to sleep at while 
by nursing or by rocking. And then they go into the crib asleep and they wake up. They're like, wait a second, what's going on here? Last time I checked, I was either on the boob or in my parents' arm, something like that. Um, and it's confusing. And I like to uh, compare that to families when I talk to them. I'm like, think about it. Like if you fell asleep on the couch and then magically made it to your bed, you're like, how did I get here? Right. <laughs> That's when I would really focus on that into the crib awake. And with that, if it becomes challenging, then practicing a sleep training to guide them of how to get themselves to sleep on their own while in the crib awake at the beginning. Yes. I think that that's so huge. I think it's also, yeah, they wake up and they're like, where the heck am I? And then on top of it too, like I always say to my clients and kind of joke about it. I'm like, they're not the one that's upset about, I mean, yes, they're probably upset that they're not getting the sleep they need, but they don't know the difference, right? They can't make their own decisions. They are like waking up going, what the heck? I was sleeping in your arms. Like I, that didn't bother me. I liked that, right? You know, parents are the ones that are now not getting sleep because they're upholding their baby or rocking their baby. Baby doesn't care. Baby's content snuggled up. Who wouldn't want to sleep in someone's arms, right? Um, So I think that's so true. And yeah, I use, it's funny you mentioned that metaphor of a sleep on the couch and wake up in the bed. I use the same one with my clients all the time. Um, I'm like, cause it is, you fall asleep in one place and you wake up in the other and you're kind of like, whoa, where the heck am I? And at least like as adults, we can kind of use our rational minds and understand where we are or we know our surroundings because we sleep in our bed every night or we sleep in the couch, you know, whereas babies, they don't know that. So sometimes I'll suggest, I don't know if you do this with yours, but I I would even suggest like if they're planning to be sleeping in their crib or sleeping in a bassinet somewhere, if you're getting them used to the space, like getting them used to the setting too, like if they're awake and you're in the room putting laundry away, that's a great place in time to pop baby in the crib so that they can see what's around them um, while you're still in the room with them too. Yeah, absolutely. Get them comfortable with that space and make it a positive space. It's not like we're punishing you. You're going into your crib. (laughs) It's like some books in there. Um, play some music just so they're comfortable and yeah, they'll get used to it. Yeah. I love that. Now, do you work mostly with um, people who do come to you pretty young on and when they do come to you young on what kind of pros and cons do you find with sleep training so early on? Yes. Yes. So yeah, my, for myself, my main clientele are babies from four months to, I feel like until about like 18 months. That's like my sweet spot, (laughs) but they are coming very young. Um, Sometimes I'll even get newborns. And when working with newborns, we're really doing like sleep shaping, talking about all things to really get you in line because we can only really sleep sleep train at 16 weeks. Um, So pros and cons. Pro would definitely be like I was saying before of teaching them how to get through those sleep cycles so that when they wake up, they can get themselves right back to sleep, just like the way we do it, but that we don't even realize sometimes throughout the night. Um, Con is that sometimes what I've seen is in the middle of the night, um, if baby is having a hard time, like if the baby falls asleep on like, you know, you put your baby in the crib on their back and then they end up on their tummy. And sometimes they're not comfortable going back onto their back. So they get super And if you're going through the process of the sleep training, you're helping them like doing a hands-on approach um, and they're back on their tummy, they can just, they'll get really upset. And so what I like to tell parents is after that night, practice more tummy time so that they can get comfortable with going onto their tummy and back and back and forth. Yes. I think that there's so many milestones that go along in that like three to four month range. Um, And one of them being rolling and a lot of 
kiddos learn to roll one way or the other. Um, and especially if it is back to belly that they learn how to do, and then they kind of get stuck in a way. Right. Um, and it's so interesting because babies will roll, they may roll both ways on the floor, but when they're in the crib, their brain doesn't really understand that they can do that there. And especially when they're like in that groggy kind of phase, they're like, what is happening? And so it's frustrating to them. And it can be scary for parents too, because, you know, your baby has been on their back and you know, they're safe and you hear back is best. And we know that's true. But when your baby can start rolling onto their belly, I find a lot of parents end up having less sleep themselves because they're stressed, constantly checking, making sure baby's breathing, or they'll go over and flip baby back to their back because it makes them feel more comfortable, which I always say, you know, I get it, get your sleep. But at the same time, we don't want to do things for the baby because then they'll take even longer to learn how to do it on their own. Right. Yes. Yes. I know. That's why I tell families too. like during a sleep training, I'll say, you know what, if it's the first time that we see them rolling over, then we'll put them back on their back. But if they continue to go onto their tummy, then they're absolutely safe to be there. Yeah. Yeah. And it can be nerve wracking, but yes, doing extra tummy time is great. And, you know, working with them on how to, you know, train those muscles to roll over and things like that. Um, and if you're worried about them being able to do those things so much, so I'm sure that there is a tummy time group or a PT or an OT in your area that you can reach out to and kind of get some tips and tricks from there's some great ones online, um, that you can check out too. Um, but I love that. So Do you still think as a whole, though, that it makes the most sense and it is a really great opportunity for people to kind of sleep train early on? Um, Yeah, I guess that's the real question. I was going to say something else and then I kind of forgot what I was going to add to the end of that question. So that's my question for you. (laughs) Absolutely. And what I tell families, too, is like when they're kind of hesitant about doing it earlier, just waiting with this, especially if they hit this regression, with this regression, it kind of doesn't go away just because those sleep cycles are changed. So they don't know how to go about it. Um, And another point that I like to make is that when we sleep train at this age, we're kind of eliminating in quotes, those bad habits. Um, So they're a little bit more of a sponge where we don't have to break so many habits. And it's like, okay, we're not doing this anymore. And we're going to dive into the sleep training of what um, the sleep expectations are and what it looks like. I think it's also just like so great. I love when people come to me young personally. I think it makes so much sense because it shows, and I find also this lines up often with when um, maternal figures are going back to work too. So Mm -hmm. making sure that everyone in the house is getting better sleep, which is great. But then also whether it's an in-person sleep training um, or a virtual sleep training, you're as a parent going to be gaining skills and tools to be able to help your baby through this. And, you know, once your baby sleep trained, that's not to say that they're not going to have bumps in the road, right? Like sicknesses, vaccines, um, colds, and all of these things of travel, uh, daylight savings, all these things happen. And so you are still they might have a bit of a struggle, but now you're not flying blind, like you have these tools and you have the, like you said, these expectations and routines in place that you can much easier or easily, I guess, um, be able to help your baby back on track. Um, So I find that working young is great. There's less, you know, like you said, habits to break. And also, it's great to have those tools for later down the line, um, to be able to help support your baby when things do come up. Yeah, that's great. That's a great point, especially like it's that skill. And, you know, just like you said, with travel sickness, it's families like I get that question where they're like, okay, like, what about when this happens, that happens? 
And I'm like, you know, with their sickness, absolutely give all the loves, make sure they're they're okay, make sure the days are going smoothly. And then once they are ready to go back to a good sleep, then kind of revert and go back to that sleep training if needed, just so we can get right back into that skill that they built and right. that they know. And I also mentioned, it's, it's so funny, I... I'm very close with one of these families, a kiddo that I had in daycare who they slept trained with somebody else, but very, very early on. Um, I think she was like about three or four months old. And um, so I still babysit or like see them every few weeks yeah. here. And people, um, clients will often ask me, you know, similar to what, to what you just said about, you know, okay, what if they're sick or this or that? And yes, you can give them loves, but it's so funny. I always bring her up as a, as a, as an example. I can't talk mm-hmm. this morning um, because I'm like, you know, she was sick one day and I was like, okay, do you want to read books? Do you want me to hold you? And she looked at me and she said, no, go to bed. And she turned the light off and she like held onto her crib and waited for me to put her in her crib. She didn't want to read books. She didn't want me to hold her. She was sad. She had the runniest nose and she just wanted to go to bed. You know, kids strive off of routine and expectation. And so some kids may want extra snuggles, but some kids when they're sick, having a sleep training and a schedule like that is like everything is off kilter because they're sick and that can be the one thing for them that can be a consistent. And I think that it's, it was just so interesting to see. Um, so I always bring her up as an example. Cause I'm like, I think it's so true. Yes, absolutely. And they're yeah. just like, okay, bye. You know, like what? <laughs> right. Right. It yeah. is. It's so true. I mean, granted, not every kid's going to be like that yeah. because some of them don't like sleep. She loves her sleep, but um, <laughs> all right, cool. Do you have any other tips and tricks for people? that are going through the three month sleep regression um, of things that they can do to help their baby get through these kind of sleep cycles, or even, you know, how long you're typically seeing that babies are struggling with this new sleep cycle situation. Yeah. Yeah. So with, um, okay. So with the four months of sleep regression or any regression, really, I like to say if it's been going on for two weeks, if it's, if it's been going on for more than two weeks, then we're like, okay, it's absolutely a regression. Yeah. Um, for that, uh, before any kind of sleep training, I think that the main thing that we need to get in line to is making sure our feeds are on point. So making sure we're really, we're really spacing out those feeds so we can cancel that out with any kind of hunger at night. And just right. so that they're feeding throughout the night too. Yes, if feedings are needed, that's fine. But we don't want them snacking during the day just so we can really get a good stretch um, at nighttime. Right. Uh, and let's see. Um, and when it comes to tackling this regression, I definitely like to encourage those routines and consistency. So like I was saying before, those routines with nap time and bedtime and staying consistent with your approach. So if you do practice the sleep training, um, stick with it. You know, those first, I like to my families like that first night, it's going to be very challenging, but come yeah. the second, you're going to see huge improvements where right. it'll take less time for them to go to sleep, um, less wake ups throughout the night. Um, they pick it up really fast, which is really nice. <laughs> yes. Babies are so smart. I love that. Um, okay. Awesome. And then I, I typically wrap up with just asking if you had a product recommendation or a piece of advice, uh, what would you share with new parents? Yes. So product recommendation. I love the hush sound machine, sound machine by yoga sleep. Okay. I love that and you can use it in their room so if you have an outlet you just plug it in there um but it does last all night long so it can if you don't buy that's fine um yeah i think that the white noise that comes from it is really great 
Um, and then a piece of advice is the, that feeding, making sure we're spacing out those feet to get those yeah. tummies nice and full. And then um, that'll really help with those nights. I love that. That's all so amazing. Thank you. Um, I'm I'm so excited to share this episode. I think that people are so often stressed about this sleep regression, like nobody's business. Oh my gosh. So um, I'm hoping that this kind of helps to ease the minds. And if you are going through a sleep regression, whether it be the four month one or something else, and you are not sleeping, no, you're not alone. And no, there are resources. Um, so you can check out Natalie's information below or feel free to message me and we can both help you out um, in whatever you're struggling with. So Thank you for joining me today, Natalie. I really appreciate it. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Postpartum Plan Podcast. It is a pleasure to be your postpartum bestie, and I hope to have you back for another episode soon. If you enjoyed listening to today's podcast, I would greatly appreciate it if you would rate, review, and subscribe. If you're interested in more information related to today's podcast, or are looking for additional support in a postpartum doula or sleep consultant, you can find my information in the show notes or online at serenemomentsdoula.com.